Blue Goulet Drinkers! We are back, baby! We are back, and this is our end of the season grades podcast. We are streaming live on YouTube at DTBK or typing in drinking in the blue Kool-Aid. Um, it's also streaming live on Twitter slash X. Um, that's at drinking lions. But we want to thank everybody here for joining in. But if you're also listening on the podcast, we appreciate you too. But it's our ever famous end of the season grades episode. Usually one of our higher rated ones where we go through each of the position groups and assess kind of the team um, from a yearly standpoint and success. And boy, oh boy, I'm sure we're going to have some great grades <laughs> for this season, this historic Lion season. But before we get into all that, let's introduce the Blue Kool-Aid crew that is here. Uh, we got UJ. Hello, Lions fans. Connor. Hey. And Bob. Hello, everybody. I'm Big Z, and then Rudd Dog uh, should be joining later on the podcast. Uh, but before we get into the grades, uh, really quick, just a couple housekeeping things. First of all, we had to talk about it. The Lions are keeping both coordinators. We thought one, if not both, were for sure gone. And they're both staying. Ben Johnson, strange uh, stories coming out about his pulling out of the Washington uh, yeah. interview, uh, like Washington, Washington like, hit pieces on him. Yeah, the front, yeah. the front, the front office is like on the plane on the way to interview him. And then he <laughs> told them like he's out. Uh, I don't know. It was very strange. Uh, probably not super well handled by him in terms of that. But either way, it doesn't matter. He he wants to win one in Detroit. He. Uh, this really quick, uh, UJ. This has to speak to, right to the kind of the culture of the Lions are building for a guy like Ben Johnson, who seemed to be the front runner for Washington. They they claim he wasn't. I don't know, but uh, yeah, they can't get their own reporting straight. But yeah. either way, um, it seemed like he was the favorite in Washington. He probably could have got hired, um, but to come back, I, I think that speaks a lot to the culture. Wouldn't you say that as well that the Lions have built? I would absolutely say that. Um, you know that they're trying to make it look like. Uh, I don't know. They're trying to make Ben look bad in this whole process with the Redskins, but uh, I think he just didn't like the fit there, and uh, and he decided staying better with it. Staying here was the best thing to do. And man, I'm I'm happy he is personally, and uh, it does speak wonders to this culture what they built here, so that these guys want to come back. So yeah, I'm I'm just happy as can be about this. Yeah, wasn't a report that said Ben Johnson said they were like basketball guys and therefore he wasn't yeah. comfortable with the Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know whether that's real because so many reports will just take what any team leaks to them and run with it. Right. Yeah. And- Bob, you, you pumped though that Ben Johnson back another year? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, he's a young guy. He'll have plenty of time to be a head coach and uh, like his unfinished business thing. It's going to be awesome. Unfinished business. Do you guys think that's a mantra for next year? Unfinished business? It seems yeah, like well, everybody's already repeating yeah. already throughout the team. Cliche, but yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. That's... Until we come up with a better one. And I, I think say... we will on this podcast. I got to say, <laughs> it, it totally, like, my mood did a 180 because I was so down after the Niners game. I was like, man, we should have won that. And then the Ben Johnson news, I was instantly like, yeah. let's go. It's time yeah. for the draft. Like, Definitely. Yeah. That was just so great. But I think even more so, Connor, when you saw that all the coaching hires were taken up, Aaron Glenn is also returning for another. Yeah, how about that, Connor? (laughs) Yeah, Connor. Yeah, I was very happy. I'm a little bummed about the comp pick, but uh, I am definitely happy that Glenn's coming back, uh, and hopefully, we do some investing in that D line so we can see what he's what he's worth. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Love wins out in the end over hate. (laughs) 
Way to go. I told We're you guys, 2024 is a new year, a new Connor. New Connor is going to be very pro Glenn, very pro everything. So, all right. Let's go. All right. Um, really, really, really fast. Uh, I didn't have some agenda because it came out after I made my agenda, but um, did you guys read the Alex Anzalone piece on the Players Tribune? Yes. I thought it was yeah. awesome. I haven't read it yet. Yes. Absolutely great. If you haven't, give it a good read. Type in Alex Anzalone, Players Tribune, or just go to Players Tribune website. Uh, he wrote a great piece about the end of the season, what he thought about the season whole going forward, everything. It was, uh, Everything you'd expect, and it was just perfectly written for a guy that you could tell, like in his writing style, it was definitely him. It wasn't like you know somebody professionally writing it for him or anything like that. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, it was great. Uh, and, How know, often do you see something like that following a season from a player? You know, I mean, I'm sure there've been examples of that kind of thing, but uh, it's just rare. And uh, I'd be curious to see what the other players thought of it and everything. And I, I'm sure they all feel the same sentiment. It was just, it was just neat to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so, uh, and also just really quick uh, housekeeping, I am is that the Lions have hired a new coach, uh, Terrell Williams, to their staff to be the run game coordinator and defensive line coach, which is a fascinating so twofer. Yeah. Uh, Odd mix, yeah. I thought. <laughs> um, he he was on the Tennessee Titans staff, uh, and he he came from. Uh, he coached at Texas A&M. He's on the staff uh, defensive line coach with the Dolphins as well when Dan Campbell was there. So, uh, yeah, he's he's an NFL lifer uh, <laughs> as well. But he uh, at Purdue, he developed like Cliff Averill and things of that nature. So we'll talk about him more later, but I just wanted to note that in case any of our listeners missed that hire. Um, any, any quick thoughts on Terrell Williams at all or – not yeah, really. No, I just no. I, he's a Campbell guy. I'm interested to see what he does. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, excited the, the D line is a focus. Definitely another former player added to the staff. Um, all right. So really quick, I have before we get into our grades. I don't. Know, first of all, are you going to watch it? And second of all, what are your Super Bowl predictions? We'll go around really quick. UJ, are you going to watch? And what are your predictions? I am going to watch. At, after the loss, uh, I wasn't going to watch, but I've since changed my mind. And I, I am going to watch, and I'm going with the 49ers on this one. Uh, man, I don't know. I just got to go with the Niners on this one. Stick with the NFC, and uh, I think they're going to pull this one out. Probably something like, you know, 31, 27, something like that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully be an entertaining game, but yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Niners. All right, well, there you go. Connor? I don't think I'm going to watch. It's still a little bitter. I have friends who are 49ers fans, so I'm – technically supporting but it's more of a technicality than me actually rooting <laughs> for the 49ers did they um, give you shit for the nfc championship no, no, game? no they're actually incredibly nice about it and they said the lions will be back so uh it, <laughs> it did kind of help me feel better about the niners fans um i think the chiefs are gonna win uh 31 17 and uh Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are going to ride off in the sunset, never to be seen. Uh, you know, the, the odds that Kelsey proposes to her on the field after the game are two and a half to one. Are wow. you that bet? Kind of interesting. Lord. I don't think that happens. I hope it doesn't. That's a very tacky way to propose. Uh, Bob. Um, what about Taylor Swift or about the Super Bowl? No. I guess uh, you could, if you have a Taylor Swift thought, otherwise. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to watch, but. I don't really care, you know. Anzalone and Campbell, they got me a little more interested, but they're like, 
that's fuel man watch the game you know for next year you know <laughs> so I'm like okay i'll watch it even though that doesn't affect the play on the field with i watch but i'm i'm in uh and i think that the uh chiefs will win uh just because mahomes he's yeah. clutch he's clutch he'll he'll come up with something at the end of the game even if he doesn't have a huge statistical game he'll make some amazing play so i see the uh chiefs winning yeah probably 28 to 21. I don't know. All right. Well, there you go. I have the Chiefs 24-20. I think this is the best defense Mahomes has had uh, since he's been in Kansas City. Uh, and he'll do just enough to get the win. I think they can run the ball really well against uh, a 49ers defense that, frankly, has not been – they're overrated. And I think the Lions expose them to that a lot. Uh, and to the Packers, the Packers to a certain extent before. Yeah. If the Lions had beaten the 49ers, I'd be picking the Lions, just so you know. Well, <laughs> yeah. Something yes, tells me we would have all picked the Lions. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I just have that gut feeling. We'd probably have like five more podcasts before now. Too. Yeah, right. Yeah. We'll be potting um, every night. Yeah. So, Next all right. Uh, that's three for the Chiefs, one for the 49ers. Really quick, producer KJ, who do you have? My, uh, my Super Bowl pick is the Chiefs are going to win. Um, they're going to win. Uh, 31 to 20. Oh, wow. All right. All right. Well, the 49ers are favored, so it should be fascinating. Watch nonetheless. But all right. Let's get now into the main point of tonight and this podcast. That, of course, is our ever famous season grades. Uh, We have a lot of, we're going to go through each of the position groups front office, GM, coaches, etc. so I will read them out, uh, the, re- the results of each of our grades, and then kind of point to one person to start the conversation about that position. Uh, but in case you're on YouTube, we'll show up on the screen. But if you're listening, I'll, I will, I'll repeat them out loud um, so you know. So, Kid J, uh, if you want to share the results, uh, I think we're going to start with the most obvious group. We're going to start with the offense first. Um, and we're waiting just for Kid J to throw it up on the screen Uh our grades that we have filled out. Uh, we'll give it one moment here. Uh, but we, we all, you know, we put a lot of thought in this. Um, we take this very seriously. We do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, very all right. So we pulled it up here. We got it up on the screen. So if you're on YouTube or if you want to watch us later on YouTube at DTBK, DTBK, uh, you can get that nice visual of all the, the grades but anyways we have it pulled up here we're starting with quarterbacks and of course all a's are on the board except grud dog had a plus and of course there's only one quarterback uh this year and that's jerry goff and i want to throw this over to uh uj jerry goff um just the step up he had from last year this year and what kept you from giving an a plus over an a I just suppose uh, a couple issues they have with him with uh, some of his deep passes. I still he still struggles a bit a couple times. Uh, a couple rough games there in the middle of the season, but to be expected, everyone's going to have a couple rough games. Uh, I'm just leaving room for uh, for improvement. Okay, he had a great year. There's no doubt about it, and uh, it'll be good to have him back again too. I think with this team with with uh, with Ben Johnson back get a couple more weapons maybe who knows sky's the limit and uh i feel very confident with him as our quarterback right now 
Yeah, definitely. Anybody, anybody else have any thoughts about Jared Goff and just the season that he had? I mean, yeah, for me, I, I have to agree completely with you, Jay. I, I think Goff had a great year, and I think he can keep getting better. I think he can work a little bit on that mobility, maybe stepping up in the pocket a little bit and making those deep throws. Um, but, yeah, if it wasn't for that little four-game stretch where he had tiny hands Goff kept – you know, it just kept falling out of his tiny, tiny hands. Yeah. But not for that. It might have been an A+. Plus, and I think next year will be an A+. Plus, but uh, I think UJ really hit it on the head there. Yeah, I agree with you guys both. And uh, I would say, yeah, the deep ball, that thing, the little low in the middle. But uh, he's had a great year, and, and uh, the team all believes in him, even the, the defense and the offense. everyone's Everyone believes in the guy. So solid A for me. Yeah, the, the, he he really stepped up in terms of of a leadership role this year. Like he is the face of the organization now, um, which I I, I you could kind of say before the season, but now I can I think we can all really say, especially the Jared Jared Goff chance throughout the entire playoff run. Um, I think that's going to stay uh, with this team and the city for as long as he's around and they keep winning. Um, so I, I really I think from that standpoint, it's completely you know there was always kind of the ghost of Stafford a little bit. And I think that's completely erased now, especially beating him in a playoff game oh, yeah. and Jared Goff beating Sean McVay also in a playoff game. So I think everybody is, this is like this moving forward completely. Now um, all that stuff's completely in the rear view mirror. Um, also, I just think, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he threw that critical pick six against the Seahawks way earlier in the season. Um, and then, yeah, that three-game stretch that you guys mentioned. That's what kept me from the A-plus part because those games could, uh, you know, help the Lions get home field advantage all the way through. But nonetheless, uh, huge step up for him. So, quarterbacks, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. Jared Goff. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anyways. Uh Let's move on to the next category. Producer Kid J. All right. So this is running backs. Big Z and Bob A minus. Connor A. Rud Dog. A plus again. Uh, and UJ B plus. All right. So let's throw this over to Connor. Talk about the running. Uh, this is Craig Reynolds as well. Jameer Gibbs, obviously, and David Montgomery. Well, the big story, obviously, is that the Lions swapped out their top two running backs, and everyone was making fun of them for that in the draft. But, man, Gibbs has been such a revelation. I think he's only going to continue getting better. He's so quick, and Montgomery just bullies you. He just bashes you in and gets across the goal line and, we do have one of the best lines of football, which definitely helps. Um, but I, I think this is a great duo going forward, and I like our, our third and fourth guys too. But uh, hard to expect much better from this unit this year, in my opinion. Does um, does Amon Ross and Brown count in this category for his carry in the playoff game on the critical uh, <laughs> third down? Uh, no. Yeah, he, <laughs> you want him to. In the playoffs. Anyways, uh, Bob, uh, 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 I mean, J Jameer Gibbs really stepped up. Uh, oh, yeah, Gibbs. Yeah. I mean, the, I like the pick from the start, but uh, the national media is finally picking up on how awesome he is because they're getting to see him on all these games, these big spotlight games. And he's, he's a threat anytime he's on the field, and I think next year is going to be only better for him. And uh, I love the the running back room that they built, and uh, I, I give it an A- minus just because, you know, there's a few pickups here and there. We could have scored that short play in the in the NFC championship game and uh 
there's just a few things here and there, but uh, yeah, overall, it's a, a great unit, and I'm excited about the future here. Well, the reason I, I'm just I went a minus despite their uh great results because uh, of the Jameer Gibbs fumble in the NFC Championship game, I just can't get out of my head right now. I think that was yeah. the biggest play of the game, I think it's turning point. Um, it was definitely the biggest like percentage swing in terms of the you know, swinging the game in one direction or the other. Uh, so I just can't get out of my head. It costs a couple points. Uh, UJ, you went B plus. You had the lowest of everybody, not even in the A. Yeah, you know what? If someone was to grade my grade, they'd probably give it an F because I probably should have given them somewhere in the A category because Gibbs and, and, and Montgomery were just absolutely fabulous. But if you factor in Cabinda, who was the non-factor all year, and uh, our fullback position was kind of, if anything, uh, it was more Laporta stepping in there. Someone else, you know, that's a tight end. So the fullback is yeah. not even uh, really even an issue on this team. But right. our two running backs are, are terrific and uh, uh, just a bright future ahead with these two guys, especially Gibbs. The guy is a stud, and he's an absolute superstar. He's going to be a household name in this league, man. I'm telling you, it, it, he's that good. And how about uh, Monty? I mean, we already knew he was good coming in, but uh... – he was like the thunder to the lightning, but he's got lightning too, man. That guy's yeah. Awesome. One of the plays of the year yeah. that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Uh, yeah, that touchdown run against the Chargers was just beastly. That came out of nowhere too because we don't really see it too often out of him. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of nice. And he had a longer. He had that was 75 yards. Gibbs Gibbs' longest rush of the year was 36 yards. Um, and that's... and Gibbs we leaned on for a couple games to be the the lead running back, which people are thinking now he'd just be the the counter punch, but he can do it all, man. You know, he can. He can. Yeah. He's a tough dude. Definitely. And, and I also want to say like, they were really healthy uh, for running backs, especially Montgomery played 14 games, Gibbs 15 all throughout the playoffs too. Those are just a regular season. Um, and uh, David Montgomery, 219 carries 1,015 yards. Gibbs just shy of a thousand, 182 carries, 945 yards. So, Pretty much 2,000 yards between them, the two. Montgomery averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Gibbs 5.2. And 23 touchdown runs between the two. 13 for Monty, 10 for Gibbs on the ground. That does include Gibbs uh, receiving as well. 316 yards and a touchdown. So Yeah. um, It's kind of funny seeing uh, Jamal Williams' touchdown totals basically tank. Uh, (laughs) Tank? Technically, at zero, they had the... There's supposed to be kneeled down at the end of the, the season, end, yeah. and then they faked it. <laughs> it. Swift was decent, but he didn't put up the numbers. Yeah. either. Of Swift our had a good year, but yeah. Swift started off really hot in the like last thirty percent of the season. He kind of tailed off completely. So, but the whole Eagles team as a whole kind of tailed off. Um, yeah, strange. But either way, uh, great rehaul in the backfield for Lions. But a lot of the success can be attributed to the next position group. Offensive line, A pluses all around, yeah. as it should be. This oh, is yeah. a monster of this is a beastly group. You could argue they're the best offensive line in the NFL. Um, Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Gregg, now Graham Glasgow, uh, Big V for a little bit at the beginning of the season, and then of course Panay Sewell at right tackle. Bob, what makes this offensive line so special? Oh, this offensive line is incredible. I mean. With that Sewell pick, obviously all pro. Decker, I don't think he was an all pro this year, but he's he's on that level. And uh Ragnow is ridiculous. And like he's just so good 
even with his injuries, uh, from what the players say, he just knows what everything's that's going on in the field and he's controlling everything out there. It just the whole the whole unit's been amazing. It's it's can't even say enough about superlatives on this this unit. And and UJ, I think the offensive line, first of all, they were finally all healthy this year. Thank God. We've been yes. waiting for it for two years. I know to see this offensive line healthy. And they finally were all healthy. But I think another big part of the two is they have been together for a little while. And offensive line, like a big part of it seem is like the communication, the camaraderie of that offensive line, no? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I started when I when I watched my son play football in college, I started watching the old line because he was an old lineman and I didn't always pay a lot of attention to that. And uh since then I've become just a huge fan of the old line game. And watching this old line with the Lions is just truly extraordinary. These guys are just fan. No doubt about it. I mean, look at golf. He golf was clean all year long, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how many sacks he had on him, but and then when we get to the playoffs, we're going against the Rams and the and the Bucks, and these teams are supposedly good at getting to the quarterback. They weren't touching him. Yeah, it got a sack here and a sack there, but generally speaking, he had all the time to 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 rip defenses apart. And then that's just because of this old line. This old line is absolutely terrific. I mean, Sewell running around. <laughs> Pulling man, who wants to face that guy? What an athlete! The <laughs> yeah, he's a monster. He's so good. I mean, he's, uh, he's so good. Ragnow is just—I don't I can't say enough about that guy. He's just an absolute monster, and and, and tough as nails, man. There's just no tougher guy in the league. I don't think. I, I just can't say enough good about this this unit. I did, I love him, man. I, I hope they can stay together a little bit longer. I hope uh, Holmes feeds into this, you know, for the future because we have to. This is where this team is going to stay dominant in the O line, and we have to keep feeding into that. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I love this O line, uh, definitely. And I, I mean, I really hope they're as healthy this next year as they were this year, because it, it was uh, we were pretty lucky overall. I'd say with the health, Joan Jackson was out a few games. Um, you know, Glasgow to fill in for Ragnow there uh, a little bit. Obviously, Big V out right away. Um, but uh, the backup, uh, man, we still don't know how to pronounce his name appropriately. Awasika. Um, yeah, he, he played great in the playoffs. He did. Uh, that was a nice revelation uh, later in the season and when he had to fill in throughout the year. He definitely improved throughout the season. Um, also, a huge shout-out to Hank Fraley. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit, too, for the way he coaches this group and the way he uh, coaches that room, right, like just to, to lead them. Uh, throughout the season uh, so shout out to him as well because i thought if ben johnson left hank fraley was going to probably go yeah, with him yeah. uh so I, there's other ramifications about ben johnson staying around too because um i think he might have followed him if for, hey uh, z promotion you mentioned him briefly but how about uh picking up graham glasgow that guy mm-hmm. he stepped right in and Man, he's so happy he returned to town because uh, he is. I mean, he <laughs> these these are like his own quote is like these are his best friends. The NFL, he's playing with like people he's closest with, and uh, and he loves the state of Michigan. He loves the franchise. Um, I, I would hope he returns at, at the very least as a ba- as a backup rotational guy because he was super important to what the Lions were doing uh throughout the season it's so important to have that depth behind the offensive line i think the lines are going to try to address that more whether it's yeah. in the drafts or otherwise um because and supposedly glasgow is the funniest guy in the room too don't sell that gosh, talent short yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think everyone says how funny he is 
with the whole line in the. <laughs> oh, and we forgot to mention Dan Skipper, of course. Uh, yeah. He's like the the six offensive lineman, really. You the way he came in and over out. him. Uh, ah. Oh. Uh, really, really quick, Rud Dog. You have just joined the Yo. podcast. Really quick on the offensive line. Um, and just your thoughts about their performance this year. Uh, before we move on to the next category. Good thoughts. Just all good thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's so many good things. Uh, Ragnar, super stud. Fede Sewell, freak of nature, super stud. Uh, Decker, just rock solid. Stalwart. Jonah Jackson, stud. I don't know. It's like Graham Glasgow. Why did we ever let him go? That's my summary. Yeah, I just <laughs> love that the team's identity is this offensive line. I hope that, uh, you know, it, it, it it goes to the other side of the ball too uh, next year as well. Um, but get Jay, let's move on to the next category. So I think that started more than people realized. All right, so tight ends, all A pluses except you, Jay. I think we're giving you another F for your grade. You only gave an A. <laughs> yeah, but come on, man. It, it's it's not just one guy. It's the position group. All right. Brock all right. Brock Wright was hurt half the season. Uh, Laporta was great. Laporta was great. Hence the A, but, you know. Hey, where's the what, what downgrade them? Injuries? Injuries more than anything. Availability. Uh, and that's it. I mean, it's a very minor <laughs> critique here. Uh, the, other thing I, the other thing I forgot to mention at <laughs> the offensive line is that our guys can catch the ball too off the line too. Our offensive yeah, line, yeah, uh, that's true. So, <laughs> uh, but tight ends, uh, Red Dog. I'll let you start off with this one uh, since you just joined. Uh, just talk about the tight end position group, but really, uh, well, we all know where it guy. starts. Uh, Sammy Laporta, baby, what a freaking draft pick! Like best rookie tight end season in history. Just the dude was absolutely stellar, and I think the thing that is just as exciting as what he did receiving is how good he was as a blocker like it's I, I, yeah uh, i think he keeps this group at an a by himself but you know Wright did his thing when he was healthy mitchell started showing some signs of life i don't know the group didn't wasn't like a huge group effort there was a, a definitely a, a more of a lone star effort here <laughs> why are we forgetting about lions legend zach Ertz? I know. I was going <laughs> to bring that up too, Connor. No, uh, I I'm kidding. Uh, no, everyone's, everyone's right. I do want to say on the, when Big Z and I went on the Chiefs pod, they kind of scoffed at me for thinking Laporte I could step up right away, and he did in a big way. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's already, I think, a top two tight end in the league, and he will be number one for the next decade. He will. Yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no reason, like, why he, he shouldn't be considered as like the, the one of the top tight ends in the uh, in the NFL. Like, and probably the the best haircut out of all the top tight ends in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, like I think hands down. <laughs> Kittle, oh, okay. God, that thing. Ugh. So Sam Laporta. I mean, d- just to recap his numbers. Okay, uh, 186 catches on 120 targets, um, 10 touchdowns, uh, and. That this is a regular season, and then uh, uh, 889 yards. Um, but I think the underrated thing too is that, uh, you know, a little comparisons to Hawk probably. But I mean, he was an awesome blocker. 
<laughs> it's not just the catching aspect too. He's a great blocker as well. Yeah, absolutely. He was a complete tight end. He was basically what Hawk was advertised to us to be. Right. Like, coming out. Except we didn't have to pay a 10th overall pick for him. Hey, and you, Jay, uh, Brock Wright, he gets that up to that plus for that one big reception he had. He's uh, when he, that, It's so funny to watch him run. Like, he's so lumbering. And, so and, uh, but, what, yeah, on that run you're talking about, Bob, like, yeah. he made that cut a little inside, and he gets, like, an extra 15 or 20 yards. Like, yeah. And he and he was like moving a, a ocean liner or something. Yeah. He was cutting, you know, like and he still got around that guy. How do you do that? That Brock, was awesome. Brock Wright's good for one like super yeah. important catch um every year because the season before that he had the giant catch against the Jets uh that won us the game. It was a fifty one yard touchdown. Yeah, on fourth down. So yeah. Don't discount Brock. Sneaky good for that one good catch throughout the year. You just better hope he's not yeah. uh, getting a catch he... against your team that one week. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I think he would have had a better year if he stayed healthy. But yeah. Oh, yeah, he was gone for most of the year. So yeah, He only played six games, right? Yeah, it was brutal. Uh, tough season for him. But uh, overall, great. James Mitchell, um, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, just okay. Not, not a lot of thoughts about him. So he was He's injured a lot as well. So Started making some catches in the end of the season there. Right, right. Nice to see. Um. So, anyways, tight ends. Uh, I mean, it's hard to get better than that, especially from what the lines have gotten historically from that position group. Uh, Sam Laporta. I think we'll be hearing about him or talking about him a little bit later in the podcast as well. In addition to this, um, but KJ, uh, next category, please. This should be an interesting one. Wide receivers. All right. So I went a minus. Um, Bob went A, Connor A minus, Rudd Dog A plus, and UJ <laughs> B plus. Let's start. The, I want to throw this over to Bob first. The wide receiver group. Um, just run it down for us a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm on Ralph St. Brown. He's everything that we thought he was coming into this year, and more so. All pro this year. The guy's just so reliable. Every game, he's he's just amazing. And uh, Josh Reynolds. He wasn't in the final game, but he's been clutch all year, too, coming up with those first downs. Khalif Raymond, when he's not hurt, I, I think uh, it's just a good group. And not, and uh, I can't leave off J-Mo, mm-hmm. who, I mean, what a, he's got that grit thing that the Lions talked about, you know, because he's he was kind of flashy in college. But he's, that guy, nose to the book, you know, and he's taking extra practice. He's learning all the routes, so he's running all the routes now, and uh, just... What an unexpected, I don't know, it's unexpected, but what a nice development for him. That, yeah. And we haven't even broken out all of his deep ball uh, abilities yet. We've got a little bit of it, but I, I'm just very impressed with this group. So my A. Yeah, definitely. Con- Connor, I see you nodding your head. You look like you're grinning with all these fans. Uh, yeah, uh, I, we both had A minuses. I, I think JMO did great towards the end of the year. Obviously, there was a game like suspension and uh, a bit of a slowdown at the beginning, so it's hard to say, you know, <laughs> hard to hard to give an A+. And the Reynolds drops against the 49ers are still weighing on me a bit. I think they yeah. win the game yeah. if he catches either of those or at least have a really good shot. Uh, so that kind of brings me down from an A to an A-. But uh, I, I think they're – and Donovan Peoples-Jones didn't do anything, really. 
Um, That's not true. He had a couple. He had a few good yeah, catches on uh, clutch nice fourth down. So, yeah. yeah um, for the most part, he didn't really do much this year. I think that's. Well, he only, he only played half the season. Uh, Returned some punts in the playoffs. So I, I didn't know everyone was in love with Peoples Jones. I I think most people would say he had an okay man, year with us. Just didn't know you hated him. He's a Michigan, he's a Michigan man. guy, Connor. What do you mean on the Michigan? I didn't guy know for? you thought he was a receiver one. I thought he was like a receiver five. But if you think he's a receiver <laughs> he one, is. Well, are you are you really now questioning the God known as Donovan Peoples? <laughs> I I like him. I I'm just saying there's reasons we Big Z also didn't give an A or an A plus. <laughs> so oh, um, now up, we're up. slinging stones. Amon Ra, the most boring receiver in the NFL, according to Rudd Dog. Um, 119 catches on 164 targets, 1,515 yards, 10 touchdowns. Then this is just wide receivers, not going over everybody that caught the ball. Um, Josh Reynolds, 608 yards, so second leading wide receiver and five touchdowns. Um, Khalif Raymond, who we've, you know, we probably could have used him in the playoffs. It sucks mm-hmm. that he wasn't able to be there. Um, that was, if, if you want to talk about like that last week of the regular season, uh, you know, lo- losing him was, uh, you know, I, you know what happens? Like, this, does one of those passes instead of Reynolds go to Khalif Raymond? Who knows? What time? We'll never know. But um, thirty-five catches for four hundred eighty-nine yards, also like a hell of a returner. Um, obviously, JMO three hundred fifty-four yards only, uh, two touchdowns. He averaged fourteen point eight yards per catch, though. So. Um, and then the one and only Donovan People Jones, 58 yards on <laughs> five catches. Uh, Marvin Jones as well was there for like a few weeks. At the oh, how we forget. How and Antoine we Green had one catch for two yards Ooh. in nine appearances. Um, so uh, that's the wide receiver group. But uh, UJ, you have to explain your B plus here. Everybody else at least says A minus or above. I think the only reason I gave him that, that like, like Connor said, those drops by uh, Reynolds weighed heavy on me at the end, especially when our receivers have been so reliable all year long. But I, I still think that we're lacking the deep threat here. And it's, it's like we have to scheme something open to get something, anything deep. We can't just beat anybody. Like we can't just have a guy run down the field and beat the other guy. It doesn't seem like we've been able to do that. And uh, I think that's why I held back a little bit on my grade. Well, you did. Don't you think uh, JMO beat out some people and Goff didn't get the ball to him a few times this uh, year? A couple times, uh, yeah. I'm not saying that, you, you know. You don't think JMO is that that threat? I just want to see it more. I, mean, I don't I think we saw it, it much. Maybe, but I also that's... just think there's a reason that Goff, you know, broke the record for five in-breaking touchdowns against, like, Denver. I just don't think that's, like, our his go-to type play is deep nines you know but well, anyway it's your- i don't know i think our deep threat is based on stuff that J- ben johnson can scheme up to get guys open and uh and that's how yeah, we agree it's not like we just uh have some guy beat the other guy it, it just rarely happens and um uh, i just like to see more of it that's all especially when we got you know jmo out there it's, it's hard to complain too much because the lions led the league mm-hmm. and explosive plays which means 20 20- plays of 20 plus yards i know uj just wants to see deep nines on every play and golf just slinging it that's it 
I mean, Red Dog, dude, you, you also said that you wanted to see the Lions in golf, just like even just throw it deep to jam at least once per game. Uh, I know, but that's like a uh, an offensive philosophy and scheme. I'm not putting that on the receivers. I don't I don't see how that affects this grade. But uh, I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah. I I do wish Lions were targeting Jamo a little more and Reynolds a little less. Like let I, we finally were seeing it towards the end of the season a little more. Uh, maybe is that trust? I expect Jamo next year is a monster year for him in terms of like wh- where he's going to be. Is he just going to be like a gadget player for the rest of his career? Is he going to step no. up and be like the the number one receiver that he can be? I, well, I, I think it's clear that he's in that trending in that direction at the end of that season. What we saw, he was running right. regular routes and making plays that weren't gadgety at all. Like <laughs> I think it's, he's very clearly right on that next level. He just needs that a little more of that time doing it. Like it's just, everything got set back by the suspension. I think he's like a faster, like CD lamb in terms of like his like upside. I agree. Uh, He's especially that number one upside. Those, those uh, like hook routes and stuff are deadly because his speed is so elite that they have to respect yeah. it and then just come back to the ball. Um, I I I would imagine Lions can take try to take advantage of more of that next year, especially since he'll you know you know hopefully he's healthy throughout the entire offseason and training hopefully. camp and stuff. So then he's ready to go week one, no suspension or anything like that. Hopefully, um, yeah. Hey, you UJ, uh, I'm just oh. curious on your B plus. How how does Amon Ra fit in your thing, and what do you think his ceiling is for next year? Like, well, Amon Ra is, is all pro is not good enough for you, Jay. All first team all pro. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm not giving a hard time. I'm just curious what he thinks. I, I love Amon Ra. I mean, he's he's almost a perfect player. I mean, the guy is clutch in every way. And how many times during the season said, "Well, we need that third down or that fourth down." Amon Ra, Amon Ra. We say it out loud before the play. You know, this is Amon Ra time. And how many times have they come through and done it? The guy is clutch. He's money. He's just unbelievable. He maybe had one or two drops all year that were very unlike him. Uh, but the guy's just—I can't say enough good about him. He's great. He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It always seemed like whenever we needed a first down, he was always open for twelve yards right up the middle of the field. Always, yeah, like on a seam route or something, and then he would gain three. <sighs> It or that one where he like pulled automatic. three people for the first down. What was that against Tampa? Yeah, that was ridiculous. That yeah, was stud, dude. Not, yeah, not to mention the pass that beat the Rams at first. That yeah, yeah, to get that first down. Of course, yeah. of course. What a perfect player to catch that ball. He is so um, good. I'd say he's as good as any receiver in football right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the offense. Those are our grades. A lot of A's going around. Uh, to defend my a little grade. bit of B's. Uh, a plus, Red Dog? <laughs> uh, no. Well, uh, I, I just thought, no, I mean, everyone else seemed to put a little weight on the, the Niners game. To me, if you're, it's the conference championship. I just didn't hold that against them this season. That receiving core was really good this year. And really up until that last half. So it doesn't count because you don't That's want it to. Low bar. No, I just, I just think like, <laughs> we're already in the NFC Championship. Like, you know, the the this this was an A plus season. A plus. The whole season was an A plus. Like we were in the conference championship before we saw anything worth griping Look about. Look at how the Lions have beaten you down over the years. So you're satisfied with less than the championship. That's kind of interesting. It's not wow. what I'm saying, but yeah. <laughs> um, 
I just think that, you know, this receiving core was an A-plus receiving core this year. And it's going to be fascinating. Our producer, KJ, uh, brought up a good point uh, here in the in our pro tip, but uh, that Amon Ra is probably due for a very big contract uh, this offseason mm-hmm. and also Jared Goff. So the Lions have, yeah. you know, they have a lot of salary cap space. It'll be interesting to see how those are structured. If they're front-loaded, back-loaded, et cetera. Um, I, you know, you kind of hope that they're backloaded so the Lions can acquire some talent this year to make their Super Bowl run. But uh, nonetheless, it should be fascinating to watch that play out. Uh, hopefully, seven, eight, nine, ten years, however long he wants to stay here. Um, all right, let's move it over to the other side of the ball now, where I'm sure we'll have some interesting thoughts. Uh, that, of course, is the defense, and we're going to start with the D-line slash edge rushers. Um, Big Z and Bob went with Bs, UJ and Connor, B-, minus, and Rudd Dog, and again, the highest grade, B+. plus. All right, so I'll, I'll have uh, Connor, you start this one, D-line and edge. Uh, why your grade? Uh, yeah, I, well, I want to say two pieces of this line are excellent i think hutch is a cornerstone piece and man those last few games of the year he just took over and i think a good reason we were so hot going to the nfc championship was him ali mcneil you know kind of bummed he got hurt there because i think he was you know uh due to make the pro bowl um i think he's really solid it's the other side of that line uh, I really think they're missing an elite edge rusher on the other side, and the pressure and the containing of the quarterback was just not there a lot of the year. But the run D was excellent, um, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. I, I think a B minus is fair for this group for me. Yeah, do you? I mean, does everybody here think that the Lions, uh, their biggest need this offseason is D line? Is that no? Would that be fair? That's Why don't one you? of one of their top ones? Yeah. Up there, that, that or cornerback, yeah, or corner, definitely. yeah. Mm, okay, I think, I think edge is more important than corner, but yeah, the the other the edge outside of Hutch, uh, I mean, there's Pascal, and he got better throughout the season, Pascal. I'd say. Hey, he um, forced he got Rodrigo's interception, he did, he did. Um, but we're kind of looking at the season as a whole, not just one play. Um, yeah, he and got yeah, there's just more to be desired, especially from a pass rush standpoint. Though, like like Connor mentioned, the ru- the run defense was solid, um, and uh, Lee McGill definitely stepped up big this year. You obviously had like yep. Benito Jones at the other D tackle, Kaminsky. Uh, some games look great, other games he kind of disappeared, <laughs> but it's still still nonetheless like a really good solid rotational piece from the D tackle position at the very least. Yeah. Which which game was it where he's like playing coverage like? Five or eight times it was toward the end of the year. Uh, trying to remember what the Bears, uh, no, it wasn't against the Bears. I can't remember, but I thought that was weird. Uh, anyways, um, but any anybody have any other thoughts on D line? I I mean, Hutch obviously keeps his grade, yeah, much higher and Lee McNeil, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Red Dog and Bob. Uh, I mean, I think like. Like you're, you're talking about building our, our D line like the O line, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on the fact that Pascal was starting to really come on down the stretch, and that Anzarike was actually showing real signs of life. He got a sack. He was being a regular contributor. Our two second round picks, you know, that's four draft picks now that 
Brad Holmes just put into that D line, and the fact that those two second rounders are if those guys really pan out like this whole line could have a way more ceiling than people are realizing i do think we need another edge though but uh i don't know like i think cornerbacks bigger because between romeo and i think we keep houston and stuff i think we could still do get a pass rush but that cornerback's a different story <laughs> yeah bob yeah i was just gonna say um hutch is ridiculously good and i think he will continue to be but we did. We definitely need some help on that line because I think that's part of uh, the struggles that Aaron Glenn has had is figuring out how to get pressure on the quarterback. So he's had to do a lot yeah. of blitzing. And I think he'd prefer to just have a, a straight up rush and blitz more selectively than he has been. But uh, mm-hmm. so, but I, I, we definitely need help there. Yeah, Bob. I think you just summed it up the exactly what I was going to say. They they couldn't get that rush with their D line alone. And they had to force Glenn in to become a blitzer, and uh, which was pretty effective at the end, I might say. And but, fun uh, to watch. Fun and to very watch. fun to watch. But uh, <laughs> brought us iffy. But would it be nice if we could our front four could do it on their own. They they just don't have the horses right now, especially on that other end. That's opposite of Hutch. I do think Pascal could will develop into a, a formidable D end. I I mean, like honestly, I think he has like Cam Jordan kind of upside. So Cam I, Jordan upside? Yeah, he's mm, a physical wow. freak. I mean, his physical numbers at the combine were like that good. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I haven't remotely seen that yet, but um, I need to no, archive your got... takes. That's up there with the Cephas one for me. Yeah, he's like that big. <laughs> he's a physical, just he's a physical war dad. I mean, like he was, a, he's ma- he's starting to make plays. He's not going to be the the typical like bendy edge rusher, but he will make plays in the backfield. And as he develops his repertoire he's just too explosive and strong of an athlete well at the very uh, least these guys can keep developing uh at the very least they're good they're solid rotational pieces uh i think we the lines uh it, it would be just great to have an elite other guy outside of hutch so hutch can stop taking oh, yeah. a triple teams and double teams every game forever and ever uh, let's All get those it. stats up so he can be defensive player of the year like we know he can yeah. be um but it's hard to do that when you get three guys blocking you every play yeah, and he still puts up the stats. Nonetheless, he led the league in pressures. I think it, I would have to go back and see him and Micah were like neck and neck. But either he, way, he was excellent this year. Like, and I think yeah, you're. I'm with you. It, it, I, even if I think those guys have the upside, I'm all for adding some mere talent to our D line. Definitely. Glad you're not against it. I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> no more yeah. talent. Get. Like, let's send away Leem and Hutch for cornerbacks we don't even play. All right, Kid J. Next one. We start at the line and we work our way back to the linebackers. <laughs> Big Z and Connor, B, Bob, B plus, Rudd Dog, A, and UJ. A? All right, UJ. Talk about all right. the linebacker crew. And first Bloody of all, Campbell, Barnes, Reese Mabin. First of all, a much, much improved linebacking core from previous years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only the only thing that held me back from giving them a higher grade was their pass coverage through most of the season. I think at times it got better toward the end, especially when uh, Reeves and Mabin started playing a little more and adding a little sort of life to that element. Uh, but <clears throat> but they were great stout against the run. I think Jack Campbell is going to be a star in this league. It was only his rookie year, but, man, he got better, it seemed like, almost every game. Had a couple down games here and there, but generally he was really solid, tough against the run. I love the unit. 
but uh, pass coverage was a weak weak sign for them, uh, and I think they can improve there. So that's why I just gave them the B. But but a stout unit nonetheless, and uh, getting better. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, Derek Barnes is one of the defensive plays of the year. That interception. Uh, and I, I think we might mention him a little later in the podcast too, a little more. But uh, do, do we? Do any of us here think that the Lions need to add to that room via free agency or the draft, mm. or do we like where it's at right now? I like where it's at. I mean, I think, like UJ said, I think Jack Campbell just quietly got better and better. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I owe Anzalone an apology. I think a couple years ago, I was like, why the hell is this guy, why do they love him so much? It wasn't making sense to me, but he was just a workhorse this year. Um, I I wouldn't think this is a high-priority group. I know they can improve, but I think they might improve developmentally. And- you, Connor. I think the other rated thing, too, about the linebacker crew is that, uh, I mean, this was one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And, well, th- that was for two reasons. First of all, the Lions were atrocious against the pass for a lot, to a large degree, so teams just kind of stopped running, especially at the end of the season against us. But second of all, when they did run, it wasn't too successful. Um, so, And then a lot of that can be attributed to linebackers. Uh, I, I want to also give credit to the D-line, too, for that, because you got to you know, free up the linebackers to allow them to make the play. But the Dan Campbell, uh, the Dan Campbell progress, or sorry, Jack Campbell progress. <laughs> uh, Dan Campbell's, uh, you know, not not real son, uh, Jack Campbell. Um, <laughs> uh, his improvement throughout the year was phenomenal, and then the Derek Barnes of it all. Uh, we'll mention him most improved, I think. But uh, any any other thoughts about the linebacker crew? Yeah, uh, well, I'll just put in my two cents real quick. I just yeah. think this is a solid unit this year. Anzalone. Man, what a guy. I mean, he, he, uh, I see why they brought him in because he's kind of like the heartbeat of what they're doing on this team, the whole grit thing. Uh-huh. And, uh, he seems, as the team's gotten faster, he seems to have gotten faster too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. He's, the guy flies around there. And apparently he's got a photographic memory. The guy's like great at diagnosing stuff out there. Uh, I just, and Barnes improvement. I've, I'm just impressed mm-hmm. with this unit. I, we can always improve. At any position, but if they don't improve this position, I think we're pretty good going into next year. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like this unit, I, I think we could sit pat. I think the only talent we'll add is young talent that will try to fight its way for a roster spot. But uh, I think like I, Anzalone, enough can't be said. Did you, anyone see that letter he wrote? Uh, yeah, we mentioned it at the top of the podcast. No, yeah. fine. Well, it was awesome. And like you're right, he's so damn fast. Like. Honestly, he looks like he could be like a Devin White or something out there. But between him and Campbell, I think we just got like a stellar. And that's not even beginning to mention. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You know, the guys like Barnes and Rodrigo, I think this core was just, I think it was an A core. And I honestly, the pass coverage, I don't think was all that bad this year. I mean, it wasn't the best or anything, but you know, you mentioned the pass rush wasn't the best either. And I think a lot of that was on that, but I thought this core, this was the best linebacking core I've seen on this team since the levy led efforts. Yeah, definitely. And, and, uh, I, I, uh, Jalen Reeves, Maven as well was a nice rotational oh, piece to the linebacker spot. Uh, he, he, he just made a bunch of key plays, uh, he wasn't on there a lot, but when he was, he he, he you know he he stepped up. Uh, that so. was a big thing when they pulled him, I think, over to the defense more this year. I don't know what mm-hmm. like they suddenly just decided to. Oh, it was an injury, I think, to Anzo that game, and like he came on defense and never left. Yeah. Right, right, uh, and he he's he's a decent blitzer. Uh, obviously, his strength is probably the the pass coverage too. So. Uh, and and he's one of the best special teamers in the entire NFL. So he could just do it all. They better sign him back. <laughs> well, and we locked. We that's the thing. We already signed him to a three year contract, so we're comfortable with him for now. Is he signed? I, I thought yeah, he was we, a free agent. Yeah, we brought him back as a three, three year, year contract. contract this year. That was the big deal. He it was uh, one of our biggest signings this year, if you ask me. Oh, I miss yeah. I I misread something then the other day. Okay. Well, that's great. Now, all right. Breaking news to me, at least. <laughs> I love it. Um, awesome. So linebackers, uh, Bs, uh, B plus, and then an A from Rudd Dog. All right. Hey, Let's move. So we got UJ uh, underrating a little bit compared to the median, and then we got Rudd Dog going above, but that shouldn't surprise us. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> defensive backs last position group all right so we are all over the board on this one whoa so we got me with a big z with a c plus uj with a c connor c minus rud dog b minus i hope everything's okay over there and then uh bob (laughs) with an a so where do we start with this one let's start with the high i want to go with bob bob a for the defensive back group compared to the rest of us uh, with lo- much lower grades. Uh, I'm curious I how think, he came to this. That's not. He actually gave not, him a C plus on. The I gave dog. him a C plus. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I like what in the world? All right, like, all I right. had to fact check it because that seems so unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that I had to fact check it myself. I'm like, I don't remember giving that grade, but all right, yeah. all right. <laughs> so... I thought you were gonna like pull your like little like pole over and we'd see like the bag of Kool Aid like that's hanging in your IV. Like... <laughs> all right, so we had a, well, a data miss. Tra- uh, so I'm the either way, Bob. Grade. All right, so what, <laughs> what did I have a C plus? Uh, yeah, well, obviously Cam Sutton was getting burned left and right this year. Um, we've had some injuries back there, but. The, the positive part of my grade is I love our safeties now. I mean, I, uh, Kirby Joseph, um, uh, Iffy, what well, Iffy and, uh, Branch. I mean, they're what hard hitting guys, man. They're, they're, they're just laying the wood out there, man. Laying that pain. Uh, even Tracy Walker, uh, you know, he had to step back. You know, I thought he'd be a big part of this year, but we've got yeah. the young bucks in there and, uh, 
I'm just excited about that part of the unit. And uh, we definitely, the outside, we got to get some more cornerbacks. But uh, yeah, that's completely. I will say Kirby Joseph, uh, he he definitely played better the second half of the season. The first half of the season, he was uh, very. Yeah, he he was jumping some routes up ahead and let some big plays happen over the top of him that shouldn't. And the Packers game too. Uh, so I guess that was kind of the second half of the well, season. Then I'll just bit. take your knee out if you if you burn him once. Yeah. You know, yes, but I mean it, the safety the safety play improved heavily once the lines went more aggressive up front with the blitzing. Uh, it allowed him to play more downhill. Uh, the defense well. improved when we did that. Yeah, if, yeah. If he was just I, such a breath of fresh air, I swear. I'll say another thing, Cam Sutton. I know you. He wasn't getting torched all year. He got torched a bit down the stretch, but he was earlier in the season. He played some shutdown games, like he shut out Mike Evans in the first effort. Uh, he was playing really good football. I think he, he it was like right after he got injured later in the year when his play dropped off quite a bit. But like he still battled out there, and uh, I gave the I, part of why I gave a B minus is because this, this these cornerbacks and this secondary was uh, a big part of why we were so good at stopping the run. Also, those dudes were dogs on the edge. Mm. Yeah, mostly getting hurt was not helpful, and I think ultimately Cam Sutton's a better CB two than a CB one. I would agree. You're looking for yeah. an elite guy. He was left on a, yeah, he was left on an island a ton when we started blitzing because yeah. then the lines went man almost over sixty plus percent of the time. Going uh, up but again, he's not one of the highest played defensive players. Uh, if you're an elite cornerback, you should be able to play on an island like that. Um, and yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Vildor, uh, Vildor oh. will go in infamy forever for this uh, <laughs> doink off the face mask. I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he'll be back next year. Um, I don't either. Yeah. I mean, that that kind of that kind of highlights where the Lions were with the defensive backs. The fact that a guy like Vildor, who was on like the practice squad around the NFL, uh, was starting in the NFC Championship game for us. Yeah, um, and the problem was all the guys we found were like c- carbon copies, like of Jerry Jacobs, like not really <laughs> terrible, but not really great. Really tough in the run on the edge, but can't cover <laughs> very reliably downfield. Uh, right, they're not, not the biggest dudes, like not the fastest. So this <laughs> is a major need, major yeah. need for the Lions. Although I think this grade goes up if the defensive line play improves, especially in the pass rush. I think I always think that even the backs, you know, in the NFL it's hard to cover for more than like three and a half seconds, four seconds. Um, it's it's extremely hard. I don't care if you're Jalen Ramsey. Um, Super hard. So that that's why the D. I, I always think it starts at D line. I don't understand these defense coordinators or and GMs that don't like invest heavily in the defense line because the best ones in the NFL always it starts up front. Um. All right. So defense backs. We will talk about like free agency and where the line and what and who the lines get and then uh, the draft who the lines can attack at that uh, position group. Uh, throughout the off season. But let's move on now to the next grade. I'm sick of talking about it. Yes, we will. I'm sure. Offense coordinator mm. Ben Johnson, who's staying in Detroit, baby, staying in Detroit. Yeah, baby. A pluses from Big Z and Bob, and then A's from Connor, Rudd Dog, and UJ. Um, I mean, I'll I'll just start with this one really quick. Ben Johnson, I think 
he has a great feel for the game, although he has improvements in the third quarter. He ne- he needs to be better <laughs> in the second half, honestly. Uh, he But as far as game planning and coming out in the first half with a game plan and executing on it, it's awesome. I don't think there's anybody better in the NFL besides maybe to an extent like um, Sean McVay or, or the Chiefs and Andy Reid. Um, he's definitely up there. I, I do wish he can improve on the adjustments in the second half uh, because like, for instance, in the NFC championship, uh, I thought the lines went away from the run a little bit too much, but that's just like an example. There's several examples throughout the season where, especially in the third quarter, the Lions just completely on offense went to sleep, but uh, which, you know, maybe I should have put an A on my crate. Now that I'm saying it out loud. Um, no, stand by your guns. Well, all right. But I mean, <laughs> but I, I looked at it as like, as the NFL as a whole, like, Everybody is dying for an offense creator like Ben Johnson, who um, tweaks his offense to the skill set that he is given. Uh, a lot of people have to fit their system. He doesn't really have a system. He asks like the play. I love how they ask the players um, for the the plays that they want to run that week, and they you know they they work on them, they practice them. I, I think the way he runs that room and uh, everything, great. Uh, but uh, any other thoughts on Ben Johnson here? Yeah, I can't remember. I'm kind of surprised I didn't give him a plus. That I know. Was, you downgraded him. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It was where it was in the list. I messed up. But I don't know. I Ben Johnson was just amazing this year. Uh, what he did with that offense and the fact that he's coming back is just so yeah. exciting. <laughs> His yeah. run yeah, designs are really fun, I think. Like, yeah. Some really crazy stuff. And really fun. Plays are always selectively designed in cool ways. Yeah, but Z, you you kind of hit it there though. The third quarter problems was it? It was a problem for them, and right. uh, they have to find a, an answer for that. And then True. just a couple inexplicable plays. Like I know uh, Campbell took the heat in the NFC Championship game for running on that third down set of pass, and we had to burn a timeout. Uh, but man, you just you just don't run there, man. You pass the freaking ball, and you know little things like that. There were. There were a couple of things during the course of the year where I, I call mistakes by OC, but overall, yeah, Ben Johnson was fantastic, and I'm I'm glad to have him back. He's he's a brilliant play designer, absolutely, and one of the more fun play designers. I mean, our offense is fun to watch, really it's not fun, boring at all. I like yeah. a play like, for instance, where they snapped it through the legs of the quarterback oh, and the center so to cool. David Montgomery. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that was cool. Or the handoff to Montgomery, then he launches a lateral like halfway across the field that the announcers I won't get over it I won't get over it <laughs> like they weren't even watching the game but um anyways uh yeah I mean I just slid my two cents on Ben Johnson yeah. I thought yeah. he he's tremendous I mean finally we can move on from losing Jim Bob Cooter because I, although I'd love uh, to see him run this you finally moved on Bob you yeah. finally moved on I think I think we got a guy here and yeah, I thought it, I just thought he did a great job with with the balanced play calling and uh, the fact that he kind of tailored the offense to Jared Goff's skills and not trying to like force Goff to like run his system. You know, he, he's mm-hmm. he's adapting his system to his players, and I just think he's gonna yeah. be amazing. Well, I think Jim Bob Cooter's coming out with a book, Bob, about him reading about the running game and how to design a running game. So it's not about the yeah. running game; it's about him learning about the running game. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's move on to the next. And that, of course, is the other side of the ball, the defensive coordinator. 
AG, baby. Aaron Glenn, a very fun point of contention um, throughout the season. Big Z and Connor. I expected B. at least one lower grade in there. Bob, Rudd Dog, and UJ. B pluses. Connor, oh, yeah. we have to throw it over to you. This is your boy. Of course, positive. But... but this is positive, Connor. If we were doing this at the end of in December. Yeah. That would have, that'd be negative, Connor. You wouldn't mm-hmm. want him. No. This is positive, <laughs> hey, uh, I want to say I, I think uh, Aaron Glenn is a tremendous leader of men, and I think he'll make an excellent head coach one day. Um, and I'm a little surprised he didn't get more serious looks this year. It doesn't seem like the commanders are really taking him seriously, which kind of bumps me out. But uh, my only beef with Glenn is I I don't always think he – I think he tries to fit players into a scheme a little bit more, like we're talking about how Ben Johnson kind of tailors to his talent. Um, but it, towards the end of the year, he was getting better. He was getting sneakier with the blitzes. Uh the secondary kind of became a bend, don't break thing as Matt Patricia envisioned many years ago. And it worked. I mean, we kept the Rams out of the end zone uh, and the Bucks. you know, we shut them down at the Niners for a half. We looked really good. And I, I think it'll continue to get better. I do want to see them invest in that D line and see what Glenn can really do. But I think a B is a fair grade for, for him this year. You know, Connor, I, I think you, you nailed it kind of like, Earlier in the season, when we were particularly struggling, it was because he was really demanding something from these players to execute on it, like that they just couldn't quite pull off, and it kept putting us, especially against the mobile quarterbacks early. On. Well, he still has issues with the mobile quarterbacks, yeah. but uh, <laughs> he he definitely showed that willingness to grow and change down the stretch. Uh, I'm just excited that he's coming back to keep tweaking that defense and building it with more talent like connor said more talent and uh continue building on what they've already set up because hutch is just going to be that much better at executing the scheme Aleem, just going to be off. yeah this team, was, this team was uh, this defense was scrappy um they played their asses off i mean even when they were struggling they were never not playing their asses off and uh it, it always paid off at the end of the games you know we were always kept them to a field goal or, you know, whatever. And while our offense took the game over, this defense did what they had to do to win games, you know, and they talk about complimentary uh, football. And that's, that's what I think the definition is. And, uh, and, and on top of that, like the other guys were saying, uh, he just got better as the year went along. Glenn, he adapted and he learned and he changed things. And uh, the defense, you know, despite giving up a lot of yards at times and, we were scrappy as hell, man. <laughs> they were fun to watch. So, uh, I got, I had to give him a B plus for, I don't know if yeah. he, he, he did a good job. Bob, you had a B plus too. Yeah. B plus, you know, I think that the defense was kind of a seen as a weakness, you know, for a lot of the year. And then, you know, in the second half, we became one of the better defenses. I think gave up a lot of passing yards, but not a lot of touchdowns, you know? And, uh, I think Glenn is working with what he has and he adapted, which is nice because uh, someone mentioned Patricia earlier and I don't think Patricia was able to adapt to, and change things. And he, and he changed as the year went on, you know, based on what this talent was and what he had available. And uh, I thought it was pretty impressive, impressive job. And that, and that defense, they love the guy and they play for him, you know, that everyone plays for yeah. him. So, so that's, that's something there. Ooh. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. One uh, more point about him yep, before, real quick. Uh, is that, you know, this year they focused 
down on just getting good at one thing, and that was run defense, and they got to the top of the league in that. This year, I expect they'll do to the other part, pass defense. Put it together, baby. What does that mean? Top defense next year. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Dar- Aaron Glenn, the, the arrows pointing up seems to be the consensus for the defense. Um, I, I certainly hope so as well. Uh, I really hope they just learn how to, you know, contain a mobile quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, what he- is negative Connor grade Aaron Glenn this year? <laughs> I don't know. He's dead. He's gone. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kid J, let's throw it over to the head coach. The one, the only MCDC, Dan Campbell. Oh, straight. A pluses. Bob, I have to ask you a quick question. You didn't like the fourth down play calling or decisions in the NFC Championship. Anzalone defended it. It's like the very first thing he talks about in that letter. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you changed your mind about it? And... I was surprised to see A plus, uh, even though he didn't like those calls. Well, based on that, but the, look at the team he's built and the record, how they've changed this team around in the last couple of years. I yes. mean, how could you not give him an A plus? No, he did. He did screw up in the NFC Championship game, I will ah. say. But uh, it'd be nice to be up three scores there. Two but uh, he chose to go with the riskier route. Um, but he's a great coach. I'll let you guys talk about him. I can go on about him for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick around, uh, yeah, Red Dog, good. Really quick. Technically, they weren't riskier moves. The analytics said they were less risky, but no. Okay. Well, I have a coach then. If you're just gonna go out that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet this analytics guy. Yeah. Uh, but no, <laughs> Dan Campbell, the, the 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 goat already. Put it in the, take it to the bank. The goat. Connor. Uh yeah, I I love the fourth down calls. They've been doing it all year. It's what beat the Rams. It's what beat the Bucks. And you know if if they don't drop a couple passes, I think they pay off. They were schemed well. I I love Dan, and he's gonna continue being our coach for the next several decades. I hope. You do, yeah, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to play for this guy? Uh, I mean, as a player, I, you know, you talk about the the old cliche running through brick walls. I I, I would be that guy too. But but he's more than that though, you know. He, he's a really smart football guy too, and uh, he's just built something incredible here. Uh, like Bob mentioned, that what he's built here is just amazing. And uh, how can you not give him an A plus? It's, it's just it's phenomenal what they've done with this team. Definitely, the the leadership he uh, he exudes is uh, extraordinary and uh, and unexpected from a lot of people throughout the NFL, especially after his first press conference and everything he said has come to fruition um and i yeah i couldn't be happier i hope one day him and maybe brad holmes are like a joint effort from this team about the leadership uh and how to like you know incorporate that in other parts of your life i think i would read that for sure (laughs) yeah um all right let's move on we're going up the chain. We're going to Brad Holmes, the GM. This can also be the front office, if you will. A pluses all around. Connor, you gave two pluses. Yes. A plus plus. Yes. Um, let's start with uh, who am I starting with? Wow. Uh, start with yourself. Uh, I'll start with myself. Brad Holmes. I mean, this, this it goes hand in hand with Campbell, right? Just how they built this team. The play, like we we talked about it like a lot with the trade deadline. Like the Lions didn't necessarily make a move except for Don People Jones. A lot of people were like, why didn't they bring in Chase Young? You know, big name, blah, blah. Did you guys watch Chase Young in the NFC Championship? Yeah. Uh, he was dogging it on the field. And the Lions don't bring in dogs. They they bring, uh, or they, 
or guys that don't dog it rather. Um, and either way, uh, he was not, they realized that he was not a culture fit. Um, they have carefully meticulously, uh, built up this locker room in the last three years. Um, and they want to bring in somebody that's going to, that it's going to be like that. You're all in. Um, and I, I you see that in players like JMO, um, Anzalone, et cetera, that we've talked about. Uh, I couldn't, and I, I think he uses analytics too to degree too in his assessment. Like he brings in athletic freaks that are also willing to lay their body on the line for the team. Um, and it's hard to find, but I, I think it speaks, you know, Penai Sewell is their first draft pick. And I think that says everything about how they built this team. Yeah. Um, He's awesome. He's just yeah. I, the fact that he gets so fired up about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's him. like a, he's like a coach in he some is. ways, he's uh, like but he's more like a life coach. You know, he's not like the X's and O's <laughs> guy for these guys, but he's a mentor to a lot of these guys on the oh, yeah. team. Yeah. What did you guys think of? I mean, uh, Connor and I were talking about this. I loved in his press conference, how he was calling out reporters who, who didn't like yeah. his draft. He's like, <laughs> like, well, you didn't, you thought we should draft a quarterback, you know, like <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. I know some people thought it was petty, but I thought it was, it was funny. No, but I like that. He's a he's a free thinker in a, in a in a world where there aren't too many of those around, you know. And and the NFL, especially in the draft, is like it's all about groupthink, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. and he just went against conventional norms. And uh, look at this this draft was maybe one of the best drafts ever mm-hmm. in history of the NFL for yeah. one team. I mean, this our top four picks were freaking stellar. I mean, and and, and the previous drafts for that that built this team we have now i mean man he's doing a great job i i just love it i love how they works works with campbell and uh you know like a lot of gms you know just rule the roost and you're gonna get who i pick and blah 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 but uh yeah it's just fantastic he's doing a great job i love it yeah i'm with you uj like i think particularly how he works with campbell is partly what makes him so special because i mean Honestly, like, and Sheila's partly to blame for this, but like, it almost seems weird that more teams haven't done more like partnership GM head coach things like this because you've seen so many GMs just tank coaching regimes by just giving them stuff they don't want. But I just don't ever see Brad drafting a guy that Dan doesn't want. Right. But like, and then just on top of that, like, the way he approaches player, uh, like scouting like he talks about how the numbers are important physically that's whatever but like it's like what are these people who are they they, they they're yeah. digging down into like their character so thoroughly they're really finding people who are gonna get the most out of their talent All right like a guy like jalen carter in the draft everybody's like hmm they should have drafted him but yeah. uh i mean clearly they didn't think it was a character fit uh, this is this is the kind of drafting that keeps teams consistently good. It's how the yeah. Rams have bounced back so fast. It's how the Chiefs have stayed good. If you have a GM like Brad Holmes, you don't have to worry about being one and done. You're well, it's kind of like consistently good team, it's right? kind of like the Steelers in a way, and yeah. an organization like the Steelers in terms of like they have an established culture for years. The Packers are like this too. I mean, yeah. there's an established culture there. Um, the way they run the organization from the top, and that kind of bleeds. Just if you want to show the next category, uh our next category um the ownership it comes down from leadership the way uh like chris spielman sheila fordham uh just the way they run this organization and the culture that they built 
I'll bring up my quote later from Brad Holmes, uh, the press conference that he had the other day. But um, yeah, ownership uh, a a plus uh, for me and UJ Rud Dog a plus plus. <laughs> if I do her giving plus double pluses, you know I'm gonna throw out a <laughs> but, uh, Bob and Connor A's as well. Um, I mean, what's to say that hasn't already been said in terms of like the way they built this, uh, the way they've you know open lines of communication from the top down, uh, the personalities they brought in the building, et cetera. I don't know if yeah. anything else you guys want to add about the ownership. The way uh, it like seems like other really listening to the players. Uh, mm-hmm. I know like in that anonymous player survey, they were saying that like the practice facility is just not quite up to par. Everything's too small. And I know they're looking at that potential uh, new location in Ann Arbor. Uh, All right. So- yeah. And they switched the turf when the players are complaining about it. It really seems like they're actually like listening to the players. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully we yeah. get some new uniforms and some Ford Field updates <laughs> on the business side. But hard to complain about ownership. They're awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sheila, she first the first one in this family who ran the team that actually wanted to win. I think took it seriously, <laughs> and she looked for the right people that could make it happen. And I think still one of the more undersung things. One of the first people she hired was Chris Spielman. And oh, yeah. and the other guys around there that just that helped put this group together because it, it's she she went to people who knew football and you know and she trusted them and and like like when we were what one in six last year right how many people were already calling for coaches' heads I mean it's ridiculous and she she stood up there in front of the cameras and said no we're staying with these guys they're doing something good here and she knew it so yeah yeah she was awesome so ownership fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you can't say enough good things about what Sheila's done. It's it's systematic. I mean, that's what's so amazing. When it's the owner, this is how you become cutting edge. Like we're, I think right now the Lions are a cutting edge NFL team. We're setting the trends. We're setting the standard of the entire league, and that's because of Sheila. She's the owner, and she but she went to business school for this stuff. She's she's dedicated to the Lions. This is her sole focus. This isn't some side hobby when she's not running the Ford Motor Company. Like, it's just, and you see what that does. And it's just incredible. Like, our, our, yep. their, their media group is the best. They're, I mean, like, it's just this team, this whole organization is going for excellence. And it starts with Sheila. And so that's why I give her two pluses, man. It all started Definitely. with her. The brand new Lions, baby. All right. Uh, next category, Kid J. That is Rookie of the Year. It was unanimous. unanimous. Sam Laporta. Um, I don't think there's too many more things to say other than what we've been saying all year and what we said talking about the tight ends. Is there one thing anybody wanted to add? I have nothing else to add about this. Uh, Gibbs could have been in the running if uh, uh, he started out a little faster. Uh, he came on great at the end of the year. But, uh, man, Laporta just – it was a slam dunk as far as I'm concerned. He – Broke every record. It was yeah. He was awesome. Branch might have hung in there too if he didn't get injured. Um, yeah, no, absolutely studly. Though he does look a little cross-eyed. That hasn't been said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll look out for that in the future. I, I've not noticed that myself, but uh, oh my god, I hope if, if that's the first one to say it out loud. If that's one that's helping him. If that's what's helping him catch the ball, then I hope it stays that way. Hey, yes. I, I complain. Oh my god, all right. Funny. Next category, Kid J. Most improved. 
almost unanimous. Iffy from Big Z, Bob, Connor, and Rudd Dog. UJ went Derek Barnes. Uh, I mean, I think we're all excited about the way Iffy went from a guy that almost wasn't making the roster to now uh, arguably a certified star on our defense. Even like yeah. like uh, like halfway through the seat, like the first half of the season, I, I wouldn't say he was even much of a factor. And then they started getting know. more aggressive on defense. Using the athleticism, especially with him in the box, whether against the run or off the edge blitzing, and he was finally unleashed. What took them so long is well, maybe we could go back to change Aaron Glenn's grade on in that regard. But well, um, you know yeah. what it was? It was uh, the game. Someone was injured, and they needed to find a way, a new way to rush the passer. Was it Hutch mm-hmm. injured that game or something? And, and all of a sudden, we we just started blitzing. Oh, I think it was Denver. Uh, cause they were all talking about Denver's this blitzy blitzy team. And then we out blitzed them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but UJ, you went Derek Barnes instead of iffy. Yeah, I, I could have easily gone iffy here too, but, uh, I want to give Derek Barnes his due. He he's been plugging for a couple of years now and, and he really did make himself better this year. And, uh, you know, he was in the game a lot. He made a lot of big plays, uh, nothing bigger than that interception, at the end there with the Tampa game, but uh, yeah, I, I got to give him his, his credit, man. He had a good year, so and I hope he just keeps getting better. That's a good right. shout out. I love Derek Barnes, and I think the Derek Barnes aspect just really shows the Lions' belief in their development of these players, um, sticking with them when a lot of other teams might have cut them loose by that point. Uh, so I think that the patience and that meticulousness I alluded to earlier with Brad Holmes, uh, oh. I think speaks volumes of Derek. The, Derek Barnes rise. Those two guys are the reason you got to kind of watch how this roster develops because like, I think like the next one you'll see is like Broderick Martin coming out at some point, but like, like they're mm. planning this, this regime is willing to plant seeds, you know, knowing that they're not going to immediately turn into trees. Like they're going to, you know, they're developing the talent and that's where like these guys turning into studs is what's going to make it, where you can afford to pay some superstars because you got all these developed talent on, you know, rookie contracts and stuff. Definitely. All right, let's go to the next category, and that is Team MVP. And we went all over the board with this oh, one. Uh, I thought there'd be more Jared Goff's Red Dog. You're the only one that went with Jared oh, yeah. Goff in this. Um, UJ, you and Frank Ragnow. Connor and I went Panay Sewell. Yep. And then the Bob went Amon Ra St. Brown. Boring answer from Bob. Um, <laughs> yeah, boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> UJ, why Frank Ragnow over like some of the likes of the others? He was the anchor, man. He, he's the anchor of that whole line. That O-line, to me, if he had to pick a unit as the MVP, it would be the O-line of this team. It was fantastic. Ragnow, led by example, led by his play. Uh the guy just showed the heart of the lion. If you, <laughs> cliche is that may sound, but uh, he, he was just awesome. He to me, he was the leader on this team. That you know, and he's not the fiery, yelling kind of guy and all that. Nope. But no, man, he not. he does it on the field and he does it in front of his his team and his team loves him for it too. I mean, the the guy's just a, a beast. He, he's one of the toughest players I've ever seen in the league. So he, I had to give it to him. Red Dog, you went golf. I mean, there's so many good options. Like this list is great. I I, I almost put the offensive line just to be annoying. Wow. 
Yeah, it would have been annoying. Um, cause, but like, but really, it's like I, I looked at it and I thought, you know, this offense as a whole, it like it was like Goff was handed a Formula One car and he put and he handled it like an absolute boss. Like, uh, he had all the weapons. He had that, you know, that O line might be the foundation of the car, the engine that makes it go. But Goff was the driver in that seat that you know gave. Multi, uh, ten touchdown uh, seasons to three players, over eight hundred and fifty yards to three different yep. players, things like that. Like Goff was an absolute stud at the center of that offense. Definitely, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, for sure, Connor, you went Sewell. I went Sewell. Really quick yeah. on Sewell. I I think very quietly he's the best player on our team, uh, the best player on our offensive line, which is the best unit on our team. I, I think he's the cornerstone, one of the cornerstones of this team. And he's not had a bad game. He had a couple of shaky series here and there, but he's just an yeah. elite player. He's an all pro. He should hopefully be here for his entire career. Man, right. I, so good. I think he just does things. No other offense lineman in the NFL can do, especially getting out to space. He allows, he allows this team to utilize their speed on the outside, especially in the screen game. Um, some outside runs, um, I think he is, he is the most important part of this offense. Uh, yeah, he's super fast. The way he can get on the poles from the outside. Um, I, I just love everything about him. Uh, he's nasty. He, he's a leader on that offensive line. Um, leader in the locker room. Uh, and you said he's quiet. I don't think he's quiet anymore. He's like the he highest rated right tackle. Oh, first team all pro. Um, I'm more just saying about all linemen now. aren't sexy. Right, right. Because, I get you. Hey, yeah. Do you see Ben Johnson created a new position? It's called the fat end in the played by Penny Sewell. Like <laughs> I love the way they used him around moving around like a tight end and stuff. Like he's just so damn athletic. Like for sure. He's a weapon. All right, we got three more categories. The next one is the play of the year. Just the best play. Bob. Um Bob had Bob had to step out. Uh so he was uh, too bored to talk favorite. about his Abhanra, yeah. <laughs> um I uh, we'll just go and really talk about each of ours. Uh not to spend too much time on it. Mine was Jamison Williams reverse touchdown in the NFC championship. First series. Jamo especially being the first one to take it in, using athleticism, stumbling, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, as Chris Berman would say, into <laughs> the end zone. The way he stayed up. Um I thought it was a marvelous feat of athleticism. Uh, all the promise that JMO, you know, has given us throughout the year. It all came to fruition in that moment. Um, I, I, I just, it was a great play. Uh, I, I could have gone with a couple of your others, but I wanted to also make it a little interesting by throwing that in there. Um, Bob, uh, uh, he stepped, Derek Barnes interception against the Bucks in the divisional round. Classic. Um, Connor. Yeah. Uh, I said the the kneel down in the Rams when interesting not the Amon Ra catch. I mm. only make that clarification because no one in the stadium knew when he caught that that we had actually won the game. <laughs> it's only when we kneeled that it dawned on me that we had won our first playoff game. Yeah, Goff didn't even know. So yeah, so <laughs> that's Gordon why did. obviously that's not the impressive play, but that is the play that just we won our first playoff game in thirty years. So I'm gonna all go. right, Rud Dog. Um. I, I put Amon Ra's TD versus the Bucks, but not in the divisional round. It was the one versus in yeah. The season when uh, I thought you were mad, yeah. when Craig Reynolds threw that awesome block. That was just like 
that was early in the season. It just kind of set the tone for Amon Ra being a more explosive player this year. And man, was he ever. Yeah, that just spoke to like the hustle that this team just. Uh, mm-hmm. That probably was my pick. I saw you picking, so I want to go something different. But uh, I, I'm with you there. Just the, the like this is a guy that near the bottom of the roster. He's been here, uh, you know, in the Dan Campbell era, watching this birth and uh, you know that's the guy just laying his body on the line and he blocked two people really on that play to allow Monra into the end zone. So and one awesome. single block it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. UJ. Yeah, well, I, I, Monty's 75-yard touchdown run against the Chargers was just awesome. unbelievable. So I sick. mean, here's this grinder, this punishing runner, and he he finds a gap. He runs up the middle, and he makes this incredible cut uh, to get free, and then he runs down the sidelines, and it looks like he steps out of bounds. I mean, he was so close to the – and I couldn't believe he kept out running. J-Mo made a great block on that one, oh, by the way. Great block. Another great block by J-Mo, among many this year he's had. And uh, he made it all the way to the end zone, seventy-five yards, and it was it was just an exciting play. That's all. I just I I love that play. There was a lot to choose from this year. It was hard to pick with just one, but um, yeah. Well, that's why I went with like a actual like like a great play. Like I I was thinking about going like an emotional moment because like there were definitely heavy. Well, that goes in the next category, which is thank you, Rudd Dog. Perfect segue <laughs> in the next category. That was the best moment of the year. I went with Derek Barnes' interception as a visual round because that I thought the Lions pretty much had the game sealed. You know, I was a little nervous. Maybe they drive they drive down and get the field goal, but I was all concerned. But just that moment of him and uh, like the essence of like his career leading up to that moment, his first interception. <laughs> uh, what a time to have your first interception! It was awesome. Bob went with the kneel down in the Bucks game uh, in the divisional round to advance the NFC Championship. Connor, you went, went with my best play. I went with the reverse uh, touchdown. Yeah. Mostly because in that moment, I truly thought we were going to win the Super Bowl, and I actually mm-hmm. genuinely believed it. Um, so, we'll not talk about what happened after that. But in that moment, <laughs> that was that was it. Red Dog, you had a you know a moment. I guess is not measurable. So yours. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that first half of the NFC Championship game, man, it was just like it just like as a space and time was just. Mm pure bliss just watching it was like i was floating man like just watching the best lions football i'd ever seen in my life it on such a stage that i'd never seen and it was just amazing yeah we we can we can just watch that forever the first half and then turn it off thinking the lions won the game um never to know the end results uh uj yeah uh, connor not everyone knew I mean, didn't know that the uh, game was over when we got that first down. I, I was thinking if we got that one more first down, man, we can seal this game right here. And then they throw that pass to Amon Ra. And it was just, oh, it was the most blissful play, man. I'm yeah, telling no, you. That was incredible. I mean, it was just, it was, I don't know. It's hard to describe how great that feeling was that we sealed the win there. And uh, to me, that was just a massive play. Yeah. 30 years in the making. Um, yeah. It, it it's hard not to go with that one. I, uh, yeah, it was what a what a what a moment, what a win. Um, yeah, that, something we'll all remember the rest of our lives. Um, that win. All right, last category, Kid J. Had to throw this in here. Always a fun one, especially with this Lions. Oh, did we take out worst moment? Uh, yeah, we I did take out worst moment. This is a oh. you know we have positive Connor on the podcast. I don't want to hurt you know bring him yeah. down with the lowest moment. You went with second half of the NFC Championship, Red Dog. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. 
so mine is from Brad Holmes press conference. I'll read it really. We'll all read our quotes really quick. Every move that me and Dan make, it has been made to sustain what we are building every single move. And I'll say every single move we make and every single move we do not make is to sustain what we have been building. It's real. Uh, you know, I think that speaks a lot to the, at least the Lions fan base or like, well, let's fire Dan Campbell, you know, et cetera. But it really just speaks to everything that we've already heard from them several times. Um, like this is legit. You know, this is not a, a one hit wonder type uh season that they expect to be back here every year they are building for long staying success uh and you know uh, that that's what he's saying right there and i again that speaks to the leadership and how they view how they build this team and every move that they make so uh bob is bob back yet no okay so uh really quick this year it sucks next year it's us believe alex anzalone um connor (laughs) (laughs) mine's not really a quote uh it's just him calling out carlos monarez uh for hating the iffy pick i just think (laughs) carlos is a troll and i thought it was really funny Um, (laughs) i agree (laughs) (laughs) uh run dog uh i picked this team is scarred to perfection dan campbell describing the team going into the playoffs uh, I don't, I just liked it. Like it's just another, you know, illustrative use of language that just highlights just how I think how smart Dan Campbell really is and all of this. Just like he gets all of this to like the most fundamental levels. And uh, anyone who thought he was a dummy in that press conference, they they should just look in the mirror because that's the real dummies. <laughs> well, there you go and then last but not least you jay all right i just love this comment we're still in the hunt but if you're hunting us oh, so you don't have to look far we're gonna be on your front porch when you open the door it's so and camel and this this again like red dog was just saying it is to what he's built in the attitude of these guys to to be on top it's it takes a different kind of mindset. You're not sneaking up on anybody. You're not the underdog. You're the top dog, man. He's got these guys believing they're the top dog. And and that's an attitude that champions have. That's why the Chiefs are so tough right now. That's like these teams, like, you know, and, I mean, it, and he knows that they need that. And these guys are getting that. They're getting that. They believe they could beat anybody. And and they don't accept anything like that. I mean, to me, it's just all about the attitude that he's instilled in this team. I, did, I just love it. Definitely. Well, there you have it. Those are our best quotes. We have run through all our categories, gentlemen, all our grades. Um, man, uh, unfortunately, Bob had to step away, uh, so we couldn't get his thoughts on those last few categories. But um, either way, uh, you know, it's been a fun night. It's always fun going through these grades, looking at the season as a whole, uh, especially after like a week and a half, really to soak in everything. Uh, and, you know, this was a magical, magical season. And there's Bob. There's Bob. Bob. Do you want to talk about your quote really quick, Bob? Uh, we went over the rest of the categories, but uh, if you want to read your, uh, I, already, I already read your quote already, but why did you pick this quote from Manzaloni? He's muted. Oh, Bob, you're muted. You're muted. All right. Now I'm unmuted. All right. Yeah, the Players' Tribune article, uh, I think you already might have read it, but this year it sucks. Next year it's us. Believe. 
Alex yes. Anzalone. So yeah, he got me convinced from that article. Well, I already believed in this team to begin with, but uh, I like the fact that they're all that focused and uh, it just gives me a good springboard for my off season here when I have to miss my lions. And so, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, beautiful, beautiful. Great way to wrap it up. Um, bunch of great grades given out. We have, a hey, I got one more MVP to give out. Uh, go ahead. All right. Yeah. Uh, to our producer. Kid. Hey, oh, yeah. Yeah. this Did guy you. killed it all year long, man. I'm telling you, he did. Well, yeah, couldn't did. do without him. He doesn't get an A plus because he picked the Rams over the Lions. So he, he did. Yeah, that's, that's down to an A. <laughs> the down to an A. A kid J, wait, producer kid J, really quick. What grade would you give the the podcasters here? We give you. We're giving you grade. You got grade. I would. Line. I would give you guys all, and uh, I gave you guys all an A plus. You guys did awesome. I voted for you to have an A plus, Justin. Yeah, yeah. me too. Uh, Oh man. Red Dog was uh, saying B minus behind your back. Whoa. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> well, 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 gentlemen. Um, we are pushing the hundred minute mark in this podcast, so I do want to wrap it up here. Yes. Um yeah. Good idea. but first of all, I mean, so this will be our last podcast for at least a, a few weeks here. We'll probably take a little break um before okay. we get ready for the draft and the off season. Uh what was that, Red Dog? You gonna watch the Super Bowl? Oh yeah, Red Dog, you didn't give us your what's your Super Bowl prediction really quick. We talked about it at the top just really quick. What's your prediction? Oh, and wait, and are you gonna watch? Those are the two questions. Oh uh oh yeah, I'll watch. And uh I'll go uh 49ers twenty four Chiefs twenty one. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you no, and you, Jay, going points in there. But yeah. I wanted to ask you the guys, Lions aren't playing, Connor. Because so. of the Anzalone letter. Are you gonna did that in it make it affect your opinion if you're gonna watch or not? Your decision. Do you know? What oh, because he was saying the coach said to watch. Yeah, yeah. what Campbell yeah. said to watch. To, yeah, it are you guys gonna watch to internalize it to get you more? <laughs> you know, to know what we're gonna have to do next year because we're gonna have to bring our A game next year. It's gonna be twice as hard, gents. We have to pod that much harder. Is that what That's you're right. saying? That's right. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, like I said, we'll we'll be back in a few weeks getting ready for uh the off season in terms of free agency, uh if we, you know, big contract signings. If it happens, unless there's something major 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 like, I don't know, Jared Goff gets traded or, you know, some insane like that, we will we'll hop on the pod, but other than that, um take a few weeks off here and then we'll get ready for the off season, the draft, etc., all that fun stuff like we have always done. This is the fourth season that we have now done the podcast so kudos to everybody wow. here for sticking with us and but really kudos to the listeners for sticking with us uh because mm -hmm. yeah would we be doing if the if there wasn't any listeners maybe <laughs> but yeah, maybe. The way, the <laughs> i mean we started this with no listeners just because uh we talk about the lines all the time so i thought we made share it with the world um but either way uh to watch the yeah. fan base grow and stuff has been really cool uh, and we look to keep on growing that in the future. So, so Z, and, four years. Do you think you could tie the turnaround of the Lions kind of to us? You know, hmm, you hmm, could uh, perhaps. Yeah, we maybe. watched the downfall of the Patricia era. Could you imagine if Brad Holmes like called us out in his pot in the press conference? <laughs> yeah. How wild that would That'd be! Amazing. <laughs> I shit my pants <laughs> again. <laughs> oh. He was like, "Big Z didn't like the Hutch pick." I heard it on the pod. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be yeah. a game playing lie. Yeah. I, I know. I'm just making shit yeah. up. But Sorry, he's not a Cowboys linebacker, but uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was just bad. a made up example. I wasn't trying to rig you. I was. Well, Eric Glenn will come back at you, Connor, and say you're asking for his head multiple times. I would just say that's the old Connor. Uh, You, he's he's not here to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. He'd share the 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 text thread from game days that of all the stuff you said because I'd share it with him. Hey. uh... I will drive to Vegas and take your phone. And- Whoa! All right. All right. So you can find us on Instagram at drinking the blue Kool-Aid, Twitter slash X at drinking lions. Um, obviously, this is streaming live on YouTube. So if you are listening to the podcast, uh, you can always go watch it on YouTube later as well. That's at DTBK or drinking the blue Kool-Aid. Um, subscribe to the pod. Uh, on our YouTube channel, so you get notified when we go live, etc. Um, and uh, thank you to sidelinereport.com for supporting the podcast. And of course, what for the last time this year, um, our season, uh, thanks to our producer, our A plus producer, KJ. 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 And I just want to say, one yet. Yeah. it's been an honor potting with you, man. Honor you oh. as well. It's been an honor. Been yes. An honor. yes. I, I feel like we're playing the, the fiddle as the Titanic goes <laughs> That's down. That's what I was you thinking, too. It. Was it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our last one. We have all, this, this, is, this is going forever. Uh, like, is there something you want to tell us, Eugene? The Lions win the Super Bowl. Mate. That that would be only the time we even could possibly consider ending the podcast. Like we we're at the peak, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like we'll like, we'll uh, drop the mic and. Yeah. Like when Forrest Gump is like you know running because he's just running forever because we could always talk lines and they win. It's just like, oh, all right. Well, uh, what else is that? Do you guys notice it's sunny out? <laughs> all right, but thank you. Last but not least, of course, to our listeners for sticking with us all this time throughout the entire season. What a season it was. It's only going to go up from here, I think, as well. And I think all of us on the podcast think that as well. Mm. Um, Unfinished business next year. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, But, you know, just to wrap it up for the one final time this year, last but not least, as always, go, go, go. charging team that will not yield and when the blue and silver wave stand and cheer the brave rock 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 go hard win the game with honor you will keep your fame down the field and gain a lion's victory At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. 
To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.